the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Markets can be kind of eh, crazy at times, right? I think that's what most people think. Some people look at it as legalized gambling. I don't. Um, look at it as it's worked over time. Gambling over time, the house wins, right? There's been a little bit of profit taking in the week, in the recent run-up or after the recent run-up, or in the wake of the recent run-up. So January, February, not so good. March, pretty good. End of March, let's hit the cash register and take some off the table. Oil slips lower as the supply glut worries build. Um, oil's a problem. It's trying to find a level that's you know in a bottoming formation. This is an art, not a science. So oil went from, what, roughly $110 a barrel down to $28 a barrel. It bounced up to $40 a barrel. It's slipping back to $38 a barrel. Be patient. I know it feels dramatic. But at the end of a roller coaster, you're usually pretty happy. European indices tumbled as the German consumer confidence and France's business confidence way. The terror attacks in Brussels, which is essentially the de facto capital of the European Union, uh, again, brings up that this is a, a crazy, messed up, sad, broken world. When you go from San Bernardino to France to Brussels, um, there's a world problem. And oddly enough, the markets have done pretty well in face of that. Do the attacks have to be turned up to get the attention of the economic side of the, the world? Uh, 9-11 was pretty dramatic compared to San Bernardino. Paris was more dramatic than, say, Brussels. Um, just throwing it out there that we're doing surprisingly well. Hawkish chatter from the St. Louis President Bullard saying basically, look for a Fed fund rate hike next month. 
We had a little bit of disappointing durable good orders for February. Durable goods or expensive items that we expect to hold on to for a while. The heavyweight financial sector is underperforming. Strength today in utilities, consumer staples, weakness in energy, financials, and materials. Some other stories of note out there today um, include, but are not limited to, uh, weekly jobless claims total 265,000. That's a number under 300,000. That number's been under 300,000 for 55 weeks in a row. It's a long time. It's good. Um, it's not great. I'd rather have low unemployment and want for wage growth than have high unemployment and want for wage growth. I still want for wage growth, but I work with what I'm work on throwing. Um, Starboard has launched a proxy fight to remove the Yahoo board. Essentially, Starboard is a hedge fund activist group that tries to see value in companies. And they try to get management nudge, nudge, poke, poke to cut staff, maybe, to go private, maybe, to you know, close divisions that are unprofitable, to stop paying people a million dollars and you only have to pay them 500000 So Starboard's quote was, we have been extremely disappointed with Yahoo's dismal financial performance, poor management execution, egregious compensation, hiring practices, and general lack of accountability and oversight by the board. Um, it's sad, but I, I was pulling from Marissa Mayer, and now it's I'm with Starboard. She's had her time. Uh, do something quick or get out. So the Yahoo brand is is struggling. Um, where other companies have growth, Yahoo has shrinkage. <clears throat> Tesla today has told us the fastest way to get your hands on a new Model 3 at the end of 2017 is to become a priority customer. What is a priority customer? It makes me want to vomit. It means you have to own a Tesla in order to get a Tesla faster. I.e., go buy a new car now. But it has to be a Tesla. And then at the end of 2017, you can get said cheaper new car first. Donald Trump. Uh, his investments aren't doing very well. His whole campaign is built on his business acumen. But some of, you know, his funds have been underperforming. Some? No, most. 18 out of 21 hedge funds and mutual funds that are in his portfolio lost money in 2015. 17 of them are down so far this year. That's not good. So Apple's new iPhone SE. The funniest quote that I saw on it was that cuteness counts. The baby iPhone is, well, like an adorable baby. You want to pick it up and hold it. And when you do, you get that warm and fuzzy feeling. Retro things are fun. You know, retro toys, retro clothes. Retro technology, fun and cute. I think we've gotten to the point where the iPhone 6S Plus is just, it's too big. And it just looks weird to me to see people using it as a phone. But I'll go with it. TiVo, a company that I think we all know the product and loved the product at one point in time. It was the first really smart interactive DVR, digital video recorder. I think it's the company that, I'm not going to say killed the VHS or VCR, but I certainly lost all interest in my old VCR tapes the moment you know digital recording became revolutionized. We started time shifting and fast forwarding. I would, I would 
venture to say that you know a company like Netflix did as well as they did because a company like TiVo taught us that we could watch TV in a different manner. You no longer had to tape Survivor. You could pre-record 10 Survivors and watch them whenever you wanted to and skip the commercials while you were at it. If I were to play some TV, TiVo uh, sound effects, you'd be like, oh, I remember that. Well, anyway, TiVo is said to be in merger talks with a company called Rovi. And TiVo has always been a takeover target. It's been speculated suitors by companies like Apple, Google, and Microsoft. Deal's never been done. Rovi is a company that's got a lot of digital entertainment device patents, so they're obviously teaming up. But is the company savable? It doesn't feel like it, does it? New home sales jumped in the West entirely, powered February's nationwide jump. Um, there's something wrong with the new home market. It, it's not living up to where people want it to be. Uh, especially realtors and people who want to buy real estate, were not creating enough homes. So something to be very cognizantly aware of going forward. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the questions I got recently was tied towards cheapest way to book a vacation. And I have no problem with using companies like Costco and you know other membership sites. Uh, Visa's awesome at booking vacations. Uh, Visa's signature card, if you have it. Um, if you ever read the things that you sign up for, companies like Visa offer you just amazing things. For instance, a, a Visa card user can save 20% on rooms at the Thompson Miami Beach right now. You have to go look for this stuff, but there's also things like with Visa where you get automatic room upgrades, free Wi-Fi, free breakfasts, $25 food or beverage credits. So... Right now, Visa is offering a promotion where if you have the Hilton's HH Honors Members Card, you can earn double the points. So Sam's Club has a good uh, booking technology. Uh, but Costco, I like very, very much. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Coming up, we're going to talk beer. All the love and memories, your heart's been You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. One of the areas that we've seen great growth in in the past few years is craft beer. And again, it shows you that generationally you should look at how to invest because generationally I'm not drinking my dad's beer. Um, and I'm sure people younger than me at some point in time will be like, I'm not drinking your beer. I'm going to go for spirits or something all the, off, the, off, the, off the road, so to speak. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this phenomenon and more, Ashley Routson from Green Flash Brewing Company. How are you, Ashley? Hey, good. How are you doing? Doing well. I've, I've, I've had your beer before, I'm, I'm happy to say. Oh, awesome. <laughs> ah. That's awesome. craft I mean, there's 4,000 breweries in the country now, so standing out amongst the crowd is getting harder and harder. Now, we're here to actually talk about beer, but it's mixed in with the San Francisco 
International Beer Festival, the 33rd annual, where we'll talk a little bit more about that. People can get tickets at sfbeerfest.com. It's sfbeerfest.com. But, Ashley, tell us a little bit about Green Flash, because I'm not exactly sure where the location is. I know it's local, but how local is it? <laughs> Regionally local. It's California, but we're San Diego. Um, Green Flash is actually like a phenomenon that happens over the horizon. Um, it's more typical in beach towns, obviously. You have to be near the water to see it. Um, it's my, uh, my owner, he's from the Navy. Um, so yeah, we're, we're beach town, we're in the San Diego. That's awesome. A lot of good beers have been coming out of San Diego. A lot of people think of craft beers just out of Portland, but, um, Northern California and Southern California has our, our bragging rights, so to speak, which I'm all for. Um, you're a woman, obviously, Ashley Ralston. What? You're the Bay Area District Manager for Green Flash. Um, not a lot of women perceived in the craft brew industry, is there? Um, you know, there there are a lot of women in the industry, but not in prominent roles that people would expect them to be in. Um, brewers, for the most part, are the the glamorous roles, right? Like the, they're the ones we glorify. Sure. We all look at the brewers as the one who are the uh, brains behind the product that we love, and so they often, you know, are in the limelight. And those are mostly men, um, but women. They're in the accounting departments. They're, you know, in the marketing departments. Like me, there's a few women out on the streets doing sales, but for the most part. It is a male-dominated industry, but there are still women in it. It's just harder to find them. I'm with you on that. Now, why is Green Flash going to be pouring at the San Francisco International Beer Festival? What brings you into town, so to speak? Well, I mean, I'm already in town because I represent the brand up here. But um, we're going to be pouring two brand-new beers. Um, they actually have real fruit added to them. I'm going to be pouring a passion fruit white ale, which for a wheat beer is quite surprising. You know, a lot of people that are like on the fence about wheat beers are either like too fruity, too girly, too, too something for them, but ours has real mm-hmm. passion fruit in it, and passion fruit happens to be a very tart fruit, so the beer itself is really tart, refreshing, um, not so much fruity as you would expect, um, perfect for an outdoor festival. And then I have a, a tangerine-infused IPA, and we actually use the entire tangerine. So you got everything from the juiciness of it to the bitterness of the pit, and then the bitterness of the, the tangerine oil that comes from the actual skin itself. So it's a really phenomenal IPA. And then on the other side of my, my spectrum, I have um, Alpine Brewing Company, Alpine Beer Company, which is also owned by Green Flash. It's more of our small boutique brand. And I'll have a happy birthday, a pale ale from them, as well as duet, um, what I essentially call one of the world's most perfect IPAs. Sounds good. And it's all going for a good cause. Like I said, it's the San Francisco Beer Fest. People can sign up, get tickets at sfbeerfest.com. It's Saturday, May 21st. Uh, 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, there's a, a pre-event. The Brewmaster admission ticket uh, comes in at 5 p.m. VIP, and you get to meet some of the brewmasters and talk and chat and listen to some of the concepts behind crafting beer. What's hot right now at Green Flash? What's the what's the big thing going on in craft beer? Well, I think across the board, what we're seeing, and 
you know, um, I don't know how much uh, anyone told you about me, but I actually wrote a book about beer, and um, I used to write for the Birds Association, so I kind of have always had my pulse on the trends, and right now I'm seeing this huge influx of fruit beers. Um, and as I already told you, I'm bringing my fruit beers. A lot of fruit IPAs and a lot of mostly citrus infused IPAs. IPAs um, are famous for their hop profile, which tends to be bitter, citrus, pine. And a lot of IPAs these days are being brewed with some sort of variation of citrus. Because citrus um, fruits complement the existing citrus flavor profile of the hops already being put in the beer. So you're going to see a lot more fruit beers this year, especially citrus-infused IPAs. I'm looking at your LinkedIn page, and it has to have one of the best pictures if you're a beer enthusiast like I. Uh, on your LinkedIn, you're blowing the head off of a beer, and there's just... Uh, <laughs> there's, it's a lot going on in it, and it's, um, it's yeah, pretty fantastic. Your, that's the, your that's book the is... jacket cover of my book, so it's on the inside. It's, it's gotcha. <laughs> And the jacket cover of the book, the book is called The Beer Wench's Guide to Beer. Um, I think that's, you know, just a fun way of approaching it. And uh, I think that's pretty awesome that you uh, have kind of embraced, I'm not going to say a character, but embraced uh, craft beer as you have. Um, Anything else you want to talk about? Anything uh, that we should be aware of as we get closer to the event? Um, I'm just crossing my fingers that El Nino passes. (laughs) Um, Why is that? You want a sunny day? Yeah, warm days always bring everybody out, you know. <laughs> it's one of those things where uh, nobody likes to leave their house in the rain. I know that. Nobody wants to. Well, I guess you still want to drink, but necessarily you don't want to go ha- go somewhere. So I like warm, sunny days, and the warmer it is, the thirstier people are. So <laughs> I'm with you on that. Thanks very much. It's Ashley Ralston, Bay Area District Manager for Green Flash. She's going to be one of the brewers at the San Francisco Beer Fest. Um, what's cool about this, and it's not really funny, just the Beer Fest itself, but all the proceeds benefit the nonprofit Telegraph Hill School Preschool, so you can help young families afford to stay in San Francisco, literally one beer at a time. Um, preschools and even schools have found themselves in the position of doing more and more fundraising. This is one where you could enjoy the fundraising, and it all goes to a good cause. It's the 33rd Annual San Francisco International Beer Festival, um, Saturday, May 21st, so it's a little ways off. I've got some time. General admission, 7 to 10 p.m. The tickets will sell out, so go to sfbeerfest.com. It's sfbeerfest.com. You're listening to The Rob Black Show. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break. Be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, 
Chris Siaccia, tech editor for thestreet.com. How are you, Chris? Good, Rob. How are you doing on this Thursday? Good. Got the, the day off tomorrow. Looking forward to that. A little reflection on the markets and the market action. I'm good. Um, but let's talk tech. Uh, Tesla. Model 3 is in the news, and it's it seems like it's a long way off. I know the year's going by fast, but uh, pre-ordering is now open for business, per se. Yeah. Uh, next week, uh, you'll be able to actually put down a $1,000 deposit um, for the Model 3 as soon as it's unveiled to the masses. Um, and then, you know, you'll eventually get your car to the latter part of 2017, um, but there are a couple of tricks that, you know, Tesla's come out and said, you know, if you want your car faster, and that's basically buy a Model S or Model X. So if you have, you know, between seventy dollars and $140,000 just laying around, um, then you can go get your Model 3 faster than everybody else. But, um, you know, you'll still have to wait, you know, close to, you know, 18 months or so um, for the car to come out. And then, you know, we don't even really know what it looks like just yet. Some people speculate that, you know, it's a little bit smaller version of a Model S could be a radically different redesign. Nobody really knows. They've kept everything uh, under wraps, but we'll find out next week. Do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla, and I, I don't own a Tesla, and I don't have friends who own a Tesla, so I don't really have touch with this in reality, but he, something was said along the lines of, if you own it for two or three years, you can give it back to me, and I'll give you almost exactly what you paid for it, or something like what a BMW's traded value would have been after three years. Was that just press release? Was that like just fluff? Do you remember th- hearing things along those lines? Yeah, I do, and, and it, it's still kind of true today. Uh, what they did is they pegged it to a couple different versions of the uh, of BMW and Mercedes, um, and you could actually go on the company's website um, and value your trade in for you know if you're going to trade in the Model S, you know for you know Model X or, or what or Model 3, or you just don't want it anymore. Um, so that, you know, it it keeps the value of, of the car from depreciating as fast as, say, you know, other cars that are out on the road. Um, and this was done to boost, you know, sales and, you know, get people interested in the car. So that that, that program still exists. Um, you can go right on the website and, and take a look at it and, you know, punch in some numbers, you know, based on mileage and year and things like that. Um, so, but that still exists for Tesla, and I suspect, you know, that'll probably continue to exist at least for the next year or two, um, until you know we see the Model Three really take off, and then maybe Tesla winds up changing their minds. Um, but you know that 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 program still exists. Okay, I'm just throwing it out there because it always seems like um, Tesla always sounds too good to be true, and I, I think that's part of the marketing of the company and the car, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, they they tend to make some of these outrageous claims. Some of them come true, some of them come don't. Um, but when you're buying a Tesla, it's, you're not just buying a car. Um, at least from Tesla's standpoint, you're really buying a lifestyle. Um, and it's it's the same thing, sort of, you know, with iPhones or any other, um, you know, like a, a Louis Vuitton handbag or, um, you, you know, Manolo Blahnik shoes or anything that you know is high-end luxury items. You know, you're really buying a lifestyle. You're buying something that says something about you. And, you know, not always all these claims come out to be true, but, you know, the perception is reality. And especially in this case, you know, these companies have brand cachet, and Tesla still has brand cachet because it is a luxury automaker, at least for right now. Um, And, you know, the Model S and the Model X are luxury vehicles. So, 
you know, they're trying to present that air of sophistication, um, you know, to the buyer. Um, so, you know, we'll see whether that continues in the future, but that's what Tesla has going for it right now. Okay. Changing topics ever so slightly. Um, Apple, they've gone down memory lane uh, with an iPhone that's not bigger, but it is faster and nicer, and it's a, it's a toss to somebody out there. Who wants the iPhone SE? Yeah, I was at the event on Monday in Cupertino, and I, I think there's, you know, a few different buyers for for the iPhone SE. One is, you know, the 30 million or so people who haven't, or who bought four-inch iPhones last year, um, that's the number that came from Apple, which was a little bit surprising to me that, uh, you know, that many people were still buying smaller phones. I know, personally, I have, I still have my 5S. I haven't upgraded yet. And the SE is appealing to me just simply because I don't need, you know, a plus-size 5.5-inch phone. I think that's too big. Um, but I think either the, the, the new SE or, you know, a 6S, um, you know, are appealing to me. So there's still a, a market for four-inch iPhones here in the U.S. And then you, when you look abroad, you know, you've got emerging markets like India and China where they're still buying, you know, Apple products pretty, pretty uh, at a pretty healthy clip, but they can't always afford the latest and greatest and pay up for the Apple brand. So when you start a phone at $399 compared to, you know, $649 or six. Or, or in the $700 range, that's really attractive to those markets, and they can continue to grow sales in those regions. So I think, you know, those are your two primary buyers, the people who are buying, who still want a four-inch iPhone, and then people in countries like India and China. Now, Apple tried to come out with a cheaper, smaller phone a couple of years ago that had a plastic casing, and that was a flop. Uh, do you think, just by staying with better ingredients, better materials, that, that's, that'll be the difference? I do. I, I think that was a mistake um, with the 5C because people thought, you know, the C could stand for, you know, for cost-effective or China or, you know, any other, <laughs> you know, moniker that you want to put on it. But the SC has everything that has, the 5S has going for it, which was a really good phone, um, but it has upgraded internals. You know, things like Apple Pay, a faster chip, a better camera, um, better graphics, all things that you can find on, a, you know, the, the 6S and the 6S Plus, but, you know, for a few hundred dollars cheaper. And that, that's a big selling point to uh, um, to maintain that Apple brand cachet, you know, something that I talked about before. Um, Apple is a lifestyle company, and they don't want to be associated with selling products that are not the best. You know, they constantly talked about this being the best 4-inch phone out there, and that wasn't something that we saw with the 5C, and that's why they wound up discontinuing it. Um, but I do think that the SC is a big step up um, from the, the previous way of, you know, kind of attacking the, the middle market. And, you know, we'll see whether consumers resonate or not, but I suspect they will. What's interesting to note is there was a big run-up in the shares of Apple 30 days before the 5SE comes out. Some people will attribute it that. So it's already a winner, even if it doesn't necessarily hit. They've got the, the share price back up with it. You know, I, I think that's a little bit short-sighted in the, in the sense that, um, yes, Apple shares have run up into the event, but they still need this product to be a hit. 
You know, they spent money, they spent time, money, and research and development on this, and they need this to boost iPhone sales. iPhone sales were basically flat last quarter, and with almost 70% of revenues um, now for Apple being associated with the iPhone, they need these products to sell like hotcakes, because uh, ultimately that's what Apple shares are based off in the long term, is you know revenue and earnings growth. Um, so I think you know it really needs this product to be a winner and to help boost iPhone sales because um, otherwise you're going to see the share price come back down and then you know you'll have investors clamor for you know um, and, and start calling for Tim Cook's head again which is something that you know is short-sighted um, but unfortunately Wall Street tends to play the short game um, whereas Apple likes to play the long game so they really need this phone to be a big hit. Your final article that we're talking about I'm speaking with Chris Siaccia you can find him at thestreet.com he's all over Twitter um, he's around. He's easily found. You can find him um, at street.com. But, Chris, you, you hinted at the overlooked tidbit was Apple's most important announcement on Monday. I love articles like that because I will open up. Well, is it, was it something on the TV? Is it something about music? What was the overlooked tidbit? You know, obviously, you know, the iPhone, the new iPad, and, you know, some of the watch accessories got the majority of the press. But Apple came out and sort of, you know, talked about their new care kit um, platform, which basically expands upon what they're doing in health. And what health, what, what care kit does is it allows you to input, you know, the type of care you're getting for whatever ailment you have, whether it's a certain type of medicine or treatment you're getting from your doctor or what have you. And you can input that into your phone and see if it's actually working. And then you can talk to your uh your doctors or your physicians or your nurses or what have you and adjust, you know, the course of treatment based on whether it's working or not. Apple's had really good success with research kit, which allows medical researchers to aggregate data from your iPhone anonymously, assuming you choose to share it um, for diseases like Parkinson's or epilepsy or diabetes. And they've had really good success with that. Um, they said one of the, uh, studies that were done on Parkinson's was one of the largest in history, and that's all thanks to the availability of the iPhone. And they take research kit and expand it, you know, into personal care. And Apple's really kind of focusing on not just being a tech company, but being a health tech company as well. And, and I think that's where you're going to see Apple push, you know, more into the future. You know, they mentioned, you know, Apple Watch potentially, you know, calling 911 if you have a heart attack. So I think that's one of the most important takeaways from the event was not, you know, just a new iPhone or new iPad, but the fact that Apple's really caring about your health. Um, and this is something that's going to affect society more than just, you know, selling an extra few iPhones or iPads. It's a good pitch because we're all wanting to live as long as we can. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccia, the tech editor for TheStreet.com. It's the tech editor for TheStreet.com. Find him, obviously, at TheStreet.com.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. So Apple's come out with a new phone. And the analysis of it, you know, is cute. A lot of people think it's it's lovely. Um, it's a smaller phone. But there's a negative tied towards it as well. It's got a lower price point. Now, it's using some older technology and it's using some newer technology. Um, they're not putting in certain things like the, uh, the pressure sensor. For a company like Best Buy, who they want to show the world, hey, look, our sales are increasing 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%, whatever it is a month, a year. Um, they want to show something. When you see a smaller price point, it's not the best, best of times. Price points are pretty important in technology. You might remember, and this is just fascinates me. Uh, do you remember the good old days when, you know, like Dell would have a $2,500 computer, and then next thing you know, um, HP or Gateway would come out with a $2,399 computer, and then next thing you know, Dell's at 2200 even, and the next thing... So price points are important, and it got to the point where they were great investments in the $2,500 range, all of them, $2,000 range. All those companies did great. But when you start getting down into the sub-1,000 markets, these stocks started to, to crater and, and collapse. Some of them weren't able to stay in business. Compaq had to go. HP bought them up. Gateway had to go. Dell goes private. HP splits their, their company. Price points are, to me, pretty important. Something definitely to uh, be eyeballing. What's important to note is the same thing's happening with all consumer electronics, right? You get smaller, cheaper, faster every year. And that doesn't bode well for Apple unless they can get, you know, a dominant share uh, think of it like a monopoly board. If they can get 80% of the monopoly board. Now, you don't have to have houses on it yet. You don't have to have hotels on it yet. But if they get that monopoly board and they slowly start turning you know, those services, music or television or um, video games and apps, if they could slowly start monetizing those a little bit more and a little bit more, one house becomes two houses. Like, you could survive when it's got two houses on it, but you don't want to hit it when it's a hotel, right? Um, so that's kind of what's happening and you know a cheaper phone is great for you and me um, a lot of people don't they're not gadget enthusiasts and that's fine so we're paying a little bit of attention to that I, I hope you grasp that that's something we need to digest cuteness does count uh, as we're talking about here uh, the iPhone SE will feature a A9 chip with an embattled uh, M9 motion processor, same processor and graphics performance of the iPhone success. It's going to feature the hands-free series, um, 4K video, improved battery life, start at 399 It's going to appeal to people who don't need the phablet. Sometimes I want the phablet, sometimes I don't. Like if I'm at the gym exercising, I don't want the phablet. But if I'm eating lunch, I want the phablet, the bigger, 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 bigger phone kind of thing. So not necessarily good news for Best Buy. That's the only big loser I could actually see in this. 
Um, markets are in the red. Not great. Not nothing horrible. Uh, we're kind of going sideways at this point in time. Yahoo shares are in the focus today after activist investor Starboard followed through on threats to demand the removal of the entire nine-member board. PVH. Um, they make clothes. They're the owner of Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger brands. They delivered a slight beat on top revenue and bottom earnings for the holiday quarter. The company gave a disappointing outlook for the year, saying the stronger dollar, a more cautious consumer, and a growing reliance on promotions. I once bought something at Banana Republic, and they got my email. And probably twice a week I see emails that say 40% off. 40% off your entire spring closet. Will I ever pay full price again for that? No. <laughs> no. I see way too often that Bananas Republics will and slash prices up to 40%. Uh, I think the most I've ever seen was 50%, but that was like the day before Christmas when all through the house everyone was trying to get the last dollar spent during the holidays. Yum Brands, which is an interesting name of a company, right? They make food for, well, they own Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. We might as well call it like Diabetes Brands. They're in talks with private equity firms, KKR, uh, to sell its minority stake in some China operations as it prepares to spit off a unit. Yum's China business accounts for almost half the company's sales, and it's valued at about $10 billion. So in the past, on this show and other shows, you would hear people call in and say, I want to get into China. And one way of doing it was to buy a company like the Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, or Pizza Hut. Office Depot and Staples are sharply higher today, following in the footsteps of reports that a federal judge overseeing the FTC case against the merger said he was disturbed with the allegations that the FTC used improper tactics to alter Amazon's testimony. Interesting. Anyhow, uh, that's the headlines today, ladies and gentlemen. So taking a look at everything, a little bit of profit-taking, nothing crazy going on. Oil slipping again. Um, hawkish chatter about interest rates and where they're going to go, according to St. Louis's pre- President Bullard. A little bit of disabil- uh, disappointing durable goods orders for February. Pretty cautious day on Wall Street. No market tomorrow. It's Good Friday, Easter Sunday. Talk to you Monday. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.